My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Hello, friends and family from around the country and literally around the world. This is another episode with your host, David J. Harris, Jr., and today we are going to get into everything that is happening in Ukraine. There's so much misinformation. There's so much propaganda. We don't know who to believe. We don't know who to trust. We don't know how to feel or think about the situation. Obviously, it seems like we should be in Ukraine's corner. Russia is invading Ukraine. But then we hear and see all these other things from uh, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky's past, where he's dancing in high heels and he's an actor. And then he was uh, playing a president on the uh, on a hit TV show, and then he became president. So is he just some actor? Is he a part of the cabal? Is he a part of the New World Order? What is really going on? That's what I know we all want to know. I know I want to know, and I also know this. War is never good for the innocent. War is not good, period. It's not good for the communities. It's not good for the people, the innocent people that are there. War is not good. It's never good. Uh, so that we can be in agreement on 100%, hopefully. But whose side should we be on or what should we be believing? That is the question that my guest today is going to help us answer. We're going to dive into a lot of it. I've taken a lot of heat on social media for posting this and people say, oh, you're crazy, you're missing it. Then I post that and people say, oh, you're crazy, you're missing it. It's like, okay, I'm just trying to post what I'm seeing and give you an opportunity to make up your own mind. But I think hearing from somebody that I consider an expert is something that we should all be doing. Uh, somebody that is a, uh, a lieutenant colonel, uh, former Delta Force, military background, 26 years in the military uh, in foreign affairs. He's an expert in counterterrorism and counterinsurgency. And before I bring him up, my favorite shirt still, great way to support me is to go to my store, davidharrisjr.store. Don't blame me. I voted for Trump. There's so many things. There's so many shirts and designs. I give you designs you can wear so you can be a statement everywhere you go. And for me, it's talking points. People see my shirt. Maybe they'll start a conversation. It's an opportunity for me to talk to them about why I believe what I believe. And that is what I believe we need more of in our country is communication. So get over to davidharrisjr.store and find some design or a few of them that you'll love. I know you'll see some stuff there that you'll love. So now, without further ado, my special guest today, Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Teague. Jeff, my brother, so glad to have you on with me today. How are you doing? David, we're doing terrific. As you know, we're here in Iraq on another on another trip. So it's an interesting optic that we have to see these events unfold and see how it's affecting this region as well as back in the United States. So thanks a lot for having me. I'm excited to, to dig into this with you. Yeah, there's so much to dig into. And I just got to say, you know, we're prayers and support for all things possible ATP ministries uh, that you're part of there with with our very good friend, uh, Victor Marks and his bride, Eileen, uh, what you guys do in going to rescue trafficked children and hunt down the pimps, hunt down the uh, the monsters that capture these kids and keep them for years. I know you just recently actually uh, uh, recovered a young girl that was, I think, held captive for like seven or eight years, six, seven, eight years. Uh, and just to see the smile on her face is amazing. I'll show uh, I'll show that video uh, at the end. But I love what All Things Possible Ministry does. Love what you guys do. We we pray for you. We support you. Uh, and, um, so just know that you've got, you've got my audience's attention and we appreciate you. It's the perfect job for a retired special forces officer. I can tell you that. 
<laughs> and you're putting it very lightly, retired special forces officer. Before we get into why I value your opinion so much, tell my audience why you believe you've got a really solid understanding of what is taking place in Ukraine from your background, from your experience, uh, from your expertise. Why should we listen to what you have to say? So I've been studying our enemies all my life. And I grew up in the era of the Soviet Union. I was, I was, I was born in 1969. So in the 70s, we were taught to hide under our desks. We were expecting a potentially nuclear war with the Soviet Union. And then we saw the fall of the Soviet Union. And as a military man already, I understood what that breakup of the Soviet Union would, would do and how the repercussions of that would last throughout my career. When I went through the Special Forces Qualification course, Russia was my was the language that I learned. It was my main area of study. Obviously, my eye was taken off the ball when 9-11 happened and we ended up working in, in the Middle East. But right towards the end of my career in Special Forces specifically, as the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan needed less and less manpower and attention, we began to shift our focus back to Eastern Europe fully anticipating that Russia would once again move west. I'm a student of history. I study history. And I have known and I have said this to people for years. It's only a matter of time and Russia will go on the move. It's what they do. They're never satisfied with the terrain and the territory that they have. And then when you couple that with a man like Putin, who has an ego that that no room can fill he wants to be up there with lenin and stalin and this was his idea that he could gain territory he's got some economic reasons there are political reasons he's thinly veiled this with some ridiculous nonsense about nazism and radicalism and the threat of ukraine on his border he wants one thing and that is to cement his legacy and he has miscalculated incredibly no matter how this ends, he, he loses because he, he this doesn't win. The Ukrainian people are going to turn this into an insurgency and they will fight him till the cows come home. So what about the people that say, um, like I shared, I, I post things and I get both sides of it. People say, well, uh, you know, Ukraine, they want to be a part of NATO. NATO is wanting Ukraine to be part of NATO. And that is all encroaching on on Russia and that's pushing on uh, Putin's doorstep. And maybe NATO is a part of the whole New World Order thing. Maybe they're part of the cabal. Maybe What, what do you have to say about the New World Order or the cabal or NATO uh, in that whole argument that people are having, uh, I guess, maybe for why Putin would want to invade uh, Ukraine? So one of the things that I talk about and I was taught, we have something called the military de decision-making process, MDMP. And one of the critical parts of this problem-solving decision-making concept process is separating facts from assumptions. And that's what I would say to folks right now is you need to separate facts from assumptions and you need to know which are which, okay? Zelensky was an actor, that's a fact. Is he acting as the president of Ukraine? That's an assumption. Okay. Putin is not acting as the uh, man in charge of Russia. Putin was a KGB agent. He was head of the KGB. 
he is a trained spy and he will always be a trained spy and he sees the world as a trained spy. Those are facts. What nation under NATO has ever invaded another nation? It hasn't happened. That's a fact. So people really need to think through and weigh out what is a, a fact that they can demonstrate and prove and what is an assumption. And, and I would say with this idea of the cabal and the new world order and how we're finding strange bedfellows, right? Like who who to thunk you and I would be on the same side of anything as George Soros? Yeah, that, that, that baffles me. I was going to go right. there next. That yep. baffles me. And I hope you can unpack that. Because everything I know about George Soros and his history, and it's pretty interesting. I've been on Newsmax and literally started to talk about George Soros and his history and helping uh, Hitler and the Nazis uh, round round up the Jews. And he he it's it's on social it's on uh, YouTube. I mean it's it's out there. He was being interviewed, I think, on NBC or sixty Minutes or something. And he literally had no remorse. He said, "If I didn't do it, somebody else would have done it." He literally had no remorse for the role that he played uh, during the Holocaust. So I'm on Newsmax. I start to talk about that and they shut me down. And then afterwards I said, did I just think they shut me down or did they shut me down? And they said, no, they did shut you down. They don't really want you talking about that. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Here we've got what I believe and perceive as one of the most evil, vile people that does want the absolute destruction of America uh, in, in the world, one of those evil people in the world. And yet he's making videos in support and solidarity of Ukraine. So is uh, so is Marina Abramovich, the spirit yeah. cooking woman. I mean, these people are evil, yet they're posting on their social media support for Ukraine. So how could we, especially as Christians, as patriots, people that love this country, be on the same side as a George Soros or a Marina Abramovich and Joe Biden? With, the, with this entire debacle. But, David, I, I think it's faulty logic, right? Soros still pets kittens. You know, he likes goldfish. He drinks water. He breathes air. I mean, we, we have things in common with this guy. This is as black and white of an issue as we've seen lately. Putin and Russia have started a land war in Europe. And I don't want to overblow what the potential of this is but this is how world war three starts you know yeah. and thank god the ukrainian people have risen up and and are demonstrating how incapable putin actually is i i, I closed my first uh, sentence statement you know paragraph with you is that putin miscalculated he has demonstrated to the world russia's incompetent military their, their sophisticated technology, the precision of their munitions is terrible. People, is that why people they're striking target. apartment buildings? Yes, they're missing. They're straight up missing their targets. His hmm. tanks are, are getting stuck in the mud. They're, they're running out of gas. Their, their fuel lines are, are, are supply lines. I mean, those giant aircraft that got shot down by the Ukrainians the, that was already desperation by Russia to get their logistics up so their their uh, soldiers can, could, could continue to advance. This guy has nothing but pie on his face, which which worries me because he either recognizes he miscalculated. This is not going to be rolling into Ukraine. 
and he tries to save at least a little bit of face and he figures out how to negotiate something for himself or he's going to have to double down and triple down. He does not win a counterinsurgency in the Ukraine. Those people will fight forever. And as time goes on, you're going to end up getting other militaries in there to come and support. And I want to go back to this idea that I think is fascinating, where U.S. special forces saw this coming. We recognize that this is going to come. And we've been training the Ukrainians in counterinsurgency. We've been arming the Ukrainians. These Stinger missiles, these Javelin missiles, those didn't get delivered under Biden. Those were delivered a long time ago. And this same level of defense is in Poland, it's in Romania, it's in Moldova. U.S. special operations have set the conditions for Eastern Europe to defend themselves from the Russian bear. Not in a conventional fight, but in this unconventional fight that we're already so used to. We have decades of experience, our military. The last time the Russians were actually in war, now they had Chechnya, you know, but where they really had some experience... It's been years, and they are learning some very tough lessons about modern warfare. They're trying to win it in the information age, all of the stories that are coming out, but they are losing every step of the way. And Americans have got to recognize this for what this is. Conservatives and Republicans, stop having this, this sick taste in your mouth that this is something we agree on with Biden and the left. It's just straight up good versus bad. Take Zelensky out of it, take Putin out of it, and focus on these Ukrainian people. These guys are fighting for their lives. These men, these women, and these children are fighting for their lives. Now, you have contacts there in Ukraine. I want to show this video. I sent this to you. I actually posted it, and then I pulled it because I, I'm, trying to show, I'm trying to show both sides, and I'm trying to post things that say, you know, this shows apartment buildings get getting hit by missiles, Ukrainian, you know, apartment buildings. I've got friends. I've got a Ukrainian friend that sent me a video that shows uh, somebody from his family walking down a street in a neighborhood uh, that was just devastated, that looked like war had gone through it. Houses are still on fire burning. There's a guy laying dead in the street. Uh, it shows uh, a truck, you know, that had been exploded. And it's a neighborhood. So it's like I'm showing this side of it. And then I show a video like this guy that basically is saying it's Zelensky. He's the, he's the ringmaster. He's a puppet. He's, it's a regime. He's the one that's creating the chaos. Let's watch this. And you and I will actually still be in the picture, but we won't be able to say anything, but let's watch just maybe, uh, uh, a, a little bit of this video. And then I want to get your take on it. We can paraphrase what the rest of it. I don't want to play the whole thing. It's like three minutes, but, uh, let's, let's watch this. It's, uh, about 9 a.m. on, uh, Monday, February 28th. Uh, 2022, as you can see, that's the VIP club of the um, Premier Palace Hotel. I'm walking down to Krishatik, and uh, I'm going to the supermarket to get some food. They've announced that it's okay to go to supermarkets and pharmacies. Um, the problem that we're having is that uh, because of the weapons that the Zelensky regime uh, handed out willy-nilly in the last few days, a lot of criminals have these uh, military-grade weapons, quite frankly. And so uh, there's been robberies, there's been looting, there's been rapes, there's been all kinds of havoc because of these criminals. And uh, it's known for a fact that these, uh, that the, a lot of the shooting that went on last night in Kiev had nothing to do with the Russians. The Russians were 10 kilometers or more away from, 
from these shootings. So it was clearly probably gang related, gang settling scores and uh, shooting one another. Um, but that's something that the Western media is not talking about of how the Zelensky regime by handing out weapons has uh, basically given weapons to all the criminal elements in the city. And uh, the criminal elements in the city are, uh, first of all, figuring out uh, their dominance hierarchy and this anarchy that the government has created. And soon enough, once that's settled, they'll start um, targeting the civilians. And that's what the uh, Zelensky regime has done, okay? So, so let's not pretend otherwise. These, these people have created, they are creating chaos in Ukraine in the name of, uh, you know, the people fighting against the Russians. It's absurd. It's irresponsible. And it will only hurt the Ukrainian people. All right. He goes on to talk a little bit more. He calls Zelensky uh, a puppet. I think I think he, he ends it with uh, something very derogatory towards Zelensky. But it sounds like he's blaming pretty much everything that's happening inside of Kiev on Zelensky, um, not really putting any blame on Russia or Putin. Um, I, I asked a Ukrainian friend of mine, I said, you know, how accurate is this? And he said, well, there are, he said he does know that there are like a 150 people that have been, that have uh, come together to try to fight, but shed some light on this story. Cause then I sent this, this video to you and you actually have a contact there in Ukraine that knows exactly who that guy is. Uh, he's there working for Newsmax. Share with us what your thoughts were on that video and what your contact said about that guy. So, David, when you first sent it to me, I, I listened to it, and I just thought, first of all, who who is this guy, and why do I give a damn what he has to say about anything? What what are his credentials? He's he's in Ukraine. Even the way he spoke is inaccurate. It, it it's known for a fact. It's no no, no it's not known for a fact. Again, we got to go back to our facts and assumptions. And words matter. What the spin that he was talking about the first time I listened to when you sent it to me, he's speaking about this from an American lens, an American lens. For one, he's calling them gangs. There aren't gangs. They're militias. They're organized militias. Now, they're civilian militias that are confused and scared. They were kids in high school. They were kids in college. They were tea shop owners. They were cobblers yesterday. And now they're given a weapon to defend themselves. And there, there is some fratricide. There's force on force that's happening. What they are defending themselves from is the Russian special forces infiltrating the city. So the, the Russian Spetsnats and the Russian special forces, the equivalent of what I did when I was in the U.S. Army, you, they're coming into the city and they're establishing target reference points. Because these bombs, these missiles are so badly missing their targets, they're going to have humans on the ground with laser guides to bring these bombs where they need to be. So those guys are infiltrating into Kiev as we speak. There's people that are infiltrating Russians that are infiltrating into Kiev to sow disinformation. So these militias that are in the, on the outside of Kiev and these men and women that are patrolling their own neighborhoods, they're a little bit itchy. There, there are weapons that are being fired off there are guys that are shooting each, each other because in the in the dead of the night they're afraid that the russians are coming but mm. this gentleman's comment that zelensky is sowing chaos in kiev is ridiculous like you said he's jumped over the fact that putin and the red army is rolling its way into kiev 
that's what's sowing the chaos. So upon my first look, my first blush, my my gut told me this guy didn't know anything what he was talking about. Then I called Chuck, like you said, Chuck Holton. He's a he's a a, a good friend of ATP. He's a war correspondent. Uh, probably you know one of the few living war correspondents that are still out there, like solid conservative young men. Not not young anymore. Men that are that are telling the truth. I happened to push the video to Chuck right after you, and he said to me straight up, verbatim, "Yep, that guy was in my hotel last night. He's a total whack job. I don't even know what he's talking about half the time." Wow. So I, I, I just talked to Chuck after that. Chuck has moved down from Kiev. You know, they, they found, a, found a way out. And he said as he, as he continued to move out, move out of Kiev, every village he got to, there were checkpoints. It's sandbag. There's men and women there with sniper rifles, assault rifles, hunting rifles, shotguns, machine guns. Ukrainians. Cocktails. Ukrainians. He said yeah. the Russians ha- are going to have a hell of a time getting through village by village by village in order to get to Kiev. And that's what I think we need to focus on. You, you started this discussion. It's the women and children that suffer. So why we're talking about Zelensky, why we're talking about Soros, why we're talking about these, the, the new world order weirdos that are out there in the world. They're, they don't have skin in the game. I mean, Zelensky does, but, but a lot of these guys don't have skin in the game. These people are fighting for their lives, and, and we've got to get get behind them because Russia's not going to stop. When I was in the military, when I was Ranger and back in the late 90s, we were this close to going into Moldova to defend Moldova because there was a credible threat that Russia wanted to in, invade Moldova. Moldova is just on the outside of Ukraine. If Putin is successful getting into Ukraine, he's going to go into Moldova. He's going to threaten Romania. He's going to move up towards Poland. Nothing is going to stop him. Hmm. But the Ukrainian people, they're doing it. Well, I want to get into, uh, I hear what you're saying, and I appreciate your perspective. And, and it's it's pretty interesting, too, that I send you that video, and you've got a friend that's actually knows who that guy was that was at the same hotel room. Uh, it's funny how that all that works. Uh, I want to get into some of Joe Biden's um uh, corruption, corrupt activities along with Hunter, Burisma. Again, it's crazy that all this stuff was kind of coming out under Donald Trump's, uh, during his, his administration that Joe, Joe and Hunter and, and Burisma and all these dirty dealings. It's all Ukraine. And now it's Ukraine that's on the chopping block from Russia. Uh, I want to get into some of that. I got to take a quick break, say a word from our sponsor, but I want to get a, 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 your response on, response on that. Friends, if you love my show and you love the guests that I bring on, please do something for me by doing something for yourself. Get over to my good friend Mike Lindell's website. He's got MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. Amazing website, MyStore.com. He's trying to rival Amazon. He's bringing a ton of products on there to try to give us an alternative to Bezos and all his billions, uh, especially that he's made just through the pandemic. We need to support Mike. He's a patriot that loves this country. I love his products, and I love everything I'm seeing at mystore.com, and I love Mike's new code, HONK. It gives you the best discounts on his website, so get over to mypillow.com. Find a new bed, uh, bedroom set or or robe. I got his robe. I got his slippers. I love his sheets, his towels. I love his mattress topper the most, uh, and I got his new mattress. I love it all. Find something over there or find something at mystore.com and use the code HONK. 
He'll know that you heard it here and you'll be supporting myself, my, my uh, mission here with my uh, show and you'll be supporting my good friend, Mike Lindell. All right, Jeff. So the corruption of the Ukrainian government was on full display with uh, during the last administration. We hoped that more would have came out if, Joe, if uh, Trump had stayed in office. It seemed to all get brushed underneath the rug. We've got the video clips of Joe Biden talking about how he was dangling a billion dollars out if they, if Ukraine didn't fire this prosecutor. All this corruption in the government there in Ukraine. What's your take? Is it still just as corrupt? Is the government there still just as corrupt? Um, I know also Ukraine is, is very high in, in minerals, uh, in, in oil. There's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why Putin would want that area. But the corruption that's there, do you think that some people think that Joe Biden is is, you know, kind of allowing or wanting or hoping Russia to kind of wipe him out? I don't know. There's so many different facets to it. What's your take on the corruption there in the Ukrainian government? One thing I find incredible, David, is how many times did we talk about Ukraine before two years ago? You know, about two years ago, it was Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Donald Trump did this, Ukraine, Ukraine. You know, the, the rumors of him with the Ukrainian wars. I mean, like, it was like things got out of control. Everything was Ukraine. And that's what the Democrats really hung their hat on. He, he yeah. went to impeachment trials over issues with the Ukraine that I'm waiting. Over his for phone call with <laughs> Zelensky. I'm, I, I know, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it boggles my mind that now... We're talking about the Ukraine because they're actually invaded by Putin's Russia. It's it's just really a coincidence. You know, I don't think we should be talking about the corruption of the UK, Ukraine right now. I, one of the issues that people need to come to terms with, unfortunately, and I don't I'm not happy saying this. Politics is corruption. Politicians are corrupt. Pick a country. You think Romania is less corrupt? Did I lose you? No, oh, no, I'm good. I was oh, just putting, you, just, just I was putting oh. you full strain. Go full, ahead and continue. Oh, I'm, I'm running. Yeah. You Go think, ahead and continue on that front. You you think Romania is less corrupt? I'm, I'm sitting in Iraq. You think Iraq is less corrupt? So uh, th- what, what I think we go back to these facts and assumptions where we were saying. Who is standing with Russia on this? China, Iran, Turkey. That's about it. And if you, if I listed the most dangerous nations in the world today, the most corrupt nations in the world today, it's going to be Russia, China, Iran, and Turkey. And then, of course, Syria. I didn't mention Syria. Putin has been playing with fire for the last few years. In 2018, some uh, Russians, you know, retired guys, the Wagner Group, whatever it is they called themselves, picked a fight with U.S. Special Forces in Syria, and they got their butts handed to him, and he backed off. Putin has been fighting a proxy war against us with with Assad's regime in Syria for years. They bomb Syria. They bomb the innocent. They bomb uh, northwestern Iraq. So we already know that what happens in Ukraine, the world is watching, good and bad. China is watching very closely. What I didn't really think about, David, was I was in a meeting today with the commanding general for the Combined Joint Task Force Operation Inherent Resolve, right right here in Iraq. He's in charge of everything Iraq, 
and really what's going on in Syria. And he said something I hadn't thought about. He said, you know who else is watching? Is Syria and Turkey. Mm. And this goes back to where we started. There is a history, uh, to include Iran, there is a history of a Persian empire. There is a history of a Russian empire. There is a history of a Turkish empire, the Ottoman empire. These nations see history differently than us. The Turks want the Ottoman Empire to return. The Iranians want the Persian Empire to return. The Russians want their empire to return. They they don't see history in nuggets like we do. They see mm. history as one long line that happened just yesterday. If Putin is not stopped dead in his tracks in Ukraine, it it has hugely empowered the Turks. They've been playing games against us and with the Russians in Syria for years. The Iranians are just waiting to retake land. The Iranians, Iranians today are trying to kill Americans. They're shooting missiles across the border uh, onto American bases that no one is listening or talking about. These nations, Iran, China, Russia, Turkey, and Syria, Americans need to wake up and they need to recognize there is a bigger threat to us than just the internal politics and dynamics that are chipping away at the at the at the tapestry of our nation. With all that said, and and it's obviously very alarming. With all those different countries that are paying attention to what's happening in Russia, how how much of a greater threat is a is it? Do you feel that we've got a leader in the White House? called Joe Biden. Huge. It's it's absolutely huge. Now, Trump didn't do himself any favors with his verboseness, you know? But the thing that I always understood as a soldier that worked in these other countries, that type of posture, that type of language lands. Strong men are strong men. Hmm. People like Putin, people like the Iranians, the Turks, they recognize the strength that was in Trump. They recognize the weakness that is in our current administration. One of those things that boggles my mind, Joe Biden has been in government for 40 years. All of these world leaders know him. They've been bumping into him for decades. He was the vice president for eight years. Yeah. They know him. They know his strengths and they know his weaknesses. And I'm sorry, but today, even what used to be potential strengths he had, I don't think those exist anymore. He has completely set the table for these henchmen and these strongmen to bow up and flex their muscle. And I thank God the Ukrainian people have risen to the occasion. They're not just defending Ukraine. They're defending Americans around the globe. So do you really believe that the Ukrainians' response to Russia, if they're able to withstand the invasion, could stop World War III or on the reverse side of that, if Russia was able to invade and take over Ukraine, that it would just set off uh, a, a counter, uh, a continuance from all these other countries that you're talking about that are saying, well, if nobody's going to do anything about it and Russia just did it, we're going to do the same thing. Could that literally spark World War III where there's multiple countries involved, including us? I, I think it's I think it's a time horizon. You know, when, when you look at, at history, you know, I was I was just relooking some of this. 
Hitler came to power in 1933. There might be some historians who could correct me on that. Hitler came to power in 33. We didn't start talking to him about him until about 36. 39, we recognized the threat. You know what I mean? Like, mm. there's there's years that go by. So I think if Putin is successful in occupying Ukraine, he'll he'll probably pause there. He might roll into Moldova because it's a, it's a small, weak nation. But he, if he takes Ukraine and he takes Moldova, he's going he's gonna to pause there because he doesn't have the logistical tail to, to move any further. But he is going to be attrited every single day by the resistance. And, I, and I'm going to say again, David, America needs to pat themselves on the back. Part of what's happening in the Ukraine is because our military had the foresight to get in there years ago and arm these men, arm these militias, and train them in guerrilla warfare. So I I don't think Putin's going to have was the capacity. That? Oh, it it started years ago. It started about five six years ago, and it's and it's been growing. Um, it, it, guys, guys, we've had almost a constant presence in each of those nations that border Russia for for years now, working with their special operations elements and and building this very network that is the thing that's standing in the way of Putin and Putin's army. So I don't think he has the capacity to continue to move west into Europe, which is a good thing. But what what does make me take pause is the nuclear threat. And right. he's already laid that on laid that on the table. Now I think Well the, the WhiteHouse.gov WhiteHouse.gov even actually updated their website to say in case of a nuclear strike, shelter in place and wear a mask. It's like they've updated that. Yeah. What are the American people supposed to do with that? How likely is it? Do you think that that something like that could take place? I I don't know the answer to that uh, because I don't know just how unhinged Putin is. Hmm. But we've got a couple things that are 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 to come into play. We just need to buy some time. If the Ukrainian people can hold out and bog down his military, and the Russian people need to take to the streets. They they don't want this war, from what I understand. Some some of the people that I know that are on the ground that have talked to these Russian soldiers, these Russian soldiers have said, I, I thought we were going on a training mission. I, I, I have no interest in killing Ukrainians. I've heard stories of these Russian soldiers sabotaging their tanks. They're puncturing their tanks so their tanks run out of gas and they get a they get, you know. 50 kilometers down the road and they say, oh, hey, I ran out of gas. I'm not sure what happened. So I'm hearing stories of Russian soldiers sabotaging this movement. I'm hearing stories of the Russian people beginning to rise up. We already know the Ukrainian people are rising up. So I think there's a combination to put pressure on Putin, like I said, to try to save face. But it could also push him into a corner where he feels like he really wants to demonstrate his authority and, and, and do something nuclear. I'm just not sure. Final thought on China. China's obviously watching. How likely is it you think that they'll invade Taiwan? What do you think would be the steps that they would need to see, uh, in your opinion, before they would start such an invasion? Because then we'd have two wars going on in two different parts of the world. What does that look like to you? If we reelect an administration like the one we have, there is very little doubt in my mind that Taiwan will disappear in those four years. I think we've got a little bit of time, um, but we can, we have to stop demonstrating weakness. And American people have to wake up. 
one of the reasons Russia and Putin was empowered to, to do this, to invade Ukraine, was because of the necessity that Europe has on Russian goods, on Russian energy. We couldn't do anything. The European continent couldn't couldn't stop him through sanctions. They couldn't stop him because they needed what he had to offer. And this in the last couple of years, the Biden administration has taken away some of our autonomy, some of our independence on foreign energy, some of our independence on manufacturing and trade. And he's he's continued to make us more and more reliant on countries like China. To stop China, we have to start now. And these are all things that President Trump talked about. We have to bring these manufacturing jobs back to the United States. We have to bring these high-tech jobs back to the United States. We have to create our own medicine. We create the science and we figure out how to make these medicines. And then we, we send them offshore. Every home COVID test I take was created, was, was manufactured in China. We need to return to America as the leader in exports, the leader in development, or we are going to be continually reliant on China. I seem to remember they cut us off. I seem to remember a president that was very strong on all things America, buy American, hire American, make it in America, was very strong on the border, wanted to fund the police. And then after hearing Joe Biden's uh, State of the Union address last night, I'm saying how much did he plagiarize from Trump? Obviously, his poll numbers are in the toilet, I think down to 37% approval rating. Um, now he's regurgitating everything Trump said, probably in hopes of trying to save the midterms. But it's way too little, way too late. But yeah, hopefully the American people aren't falling for it. Hopefully this midterms, they vote and understand that real America first patriots uh, that are representing us in Congress, in the House and the Senate, and then hopefully in 2024. I mean, who, who do you think the Democrats even can put up in 2024? I don't know that they can try to re-run re, uh, with Joe. You know, but, I, but what I want to encourage your your listeners, David, is don't be like them, okay? Just, anything Trump said, they took the opposite. And that's how we started this discussion. Just because Biden is saying... Russian aggression is a bad thing and we stand with the Ukrainian people just because some of these other wackos like Soros and these folks are st- don't don't be like them just because they say something we we shouldn't have to do the opposite. And one other thing I want to point well, out. Well no, we don't want we don't want to do the opposite. I love hearing Joe Biden agree with Trump and say hire American, yeah, yeah. buy American, yeah. fund the police, secure our border. Yes, yes, yes. I agree with all that. And one other thing that I I don't I'm sure you've thought about but can we put to bed the discussion about the Second Amendment? If, if you don't see how an armed populace is a necessity for freedom, what, what did Zelensky ask for? What did the Ukrainian people ask for? All they asked for was guns. Just yeah. give us guns. Send us guns. As long as we have guns, we can defend ourselves. The most armed nation in the world is the United States. And, yes. and people want to think that we're untouchable. We are not untouchable. One of the reasons nobody wants to touch us is because we all have guns yeah. and we have the second amendment, you know? Yes. So anytime somebody wants to talk about the second amendment and say, nobody needs an assault rifle, nobody needs a, a, wep- a weapon that has a 20 round, you know, capacity. 
just say <coughs> Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine. You know what I mean? Can we, can we at least get that one off the table and recognize yes. the brilliance of our founding fathers with the Second Amendment? Yeah, that should be completely off the table now that uh, uh, now that we see what is taking place in Ukraine. I think during Biden's uh, State of the Union, he said we need to ban a hundred, you know, magazine, a uh, hundred round magazines. I don't even know where you buy a hundred round magazine. I, I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think I could get my hands on one of those. Yeah. But uh, you know, and then he's like, "What? What are the are the deer wearing Kevlar?" It's like, come on, it, he, he still talks out of both sides of his face, but. Uh, at least he did say, hire American, buy American, make it in America, secure the border, fund the police. And he's taken on the opioid crisis. It's like, yeah, we had a president that was actually doing a great job at all of that before whatever happened in the 2020 election <clears throat> stolen. But uh, whatever happened, happened. So, Jeff, any final thoughts before I show this video from All Things Possible and one of your recent? I want to end on a, just a great note. I think this has been a great interview. But any final thoughts to the viewers or listeners uh, on the yeah. Ukraine Russia uh, issue, yeah. Um, I was thinking about our interview when you reached out to me a couple days ago, and I was I was in a refugee camp, and I've been going in and out of that refugee camp now for seven years, and these kids are growing up, and their opportunities are very few and far between, and we, the West, especially Americans, we have a very short attention span. No one cared about Afghanistan at all until Biden made those disastrous decisions. And then we cared about it. Nobody really cared much about Ukraine, but now we care about it. These wars, these conflicts last for years. They last for generations. We're here in Iraq because I left part of my heart here. I left blood, sweat, tears, and some of my mates, are, are they lost their lives here. And I made friends here with patriots, young men and women that want a new future. So whatever happens in, in Ukraine, these displaced persons, these refugees that are out there, we've got to do a better job of taking care of them in the long term. Because seven years from now, no matter what this looks like, there are still going to be refugees that abandon Ukraine that somebody's going to have to lend a hand. ATP is proud to lend these people a hand. Um, I think you're going to close with this video of Rosa that uh, we just met a couple days ago. This young lady was kidnapped by ISIS in Sinjar. People don't know this story, but almost the entire village of Sinjar, their men were executed and their women were taken captive as sex slaves. And this young girl, she's 18 now, she was kidnapped when she was 11, has been an ISIS sex slave for seven years. And she escaped and she's resilient and she's with us and we're going to help rebuild her mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically and spiritually. And, and this young lady is going to be what leads Iraq and these troubled countries into the next generation. So we're proud to do what we can and we appreciate your support. Wow. So good. So good. Let's watch this video. Send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true, I will rescue you. <laughs> it, it's it's less heartbreaking, than a week. huh? Less than a, she escaped less than a week ago. 
Now was she was she able to escape, and then you were able to capture her, or were, did did you aid in the escape? How did that go? She was able to escape independently and move to the Kurdish forces that are fighting in Syria, and and we are we are tied in with those folks. Uh, the Kurdish people I love up here in northern Iraq, Kurdistan, um, just be- beautiful culture, and uh, they are they are single handedly holding back some of this Russian push that came through Syria and Assad. Assad. Uh, General Brennan, the commander of CJTF here in Iraq, he, he, met, he said something today that I, that I didn't think about. He, he said, these Kurdish forces in Syria are fighting ISIS and defeating ISIS on behalf of the world, single-handedly doing the world a favor. So the least we can do is protect their women and children. Yeah. Well, you guys are doing it. So I, I absolutely love all things possible ministries. You can go to uh, Victor Marks, that's M-A-R-X dot com to check it out, friends, and show some support, give some donations. Uh, we donate to them and we do promotions to give our audience when they buy merch uh, an opportunity to, do, to donate. So we've, we've done a lot and we want to continue to do more. So Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Teagues, thank you, my brother, so much for joining me today. Thank you for your insights. Hopefully this brings some peace and gives some rest to the hearts and minds of so many Americans that are just so concerned and confused at the same time. They need clarity. And I think you brought a lot of clarity today. Love you, brother. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Friends, please share this. Share this with 25, 50, 100 friends. Get the word out. Friends and family are torn. They're twisted. There's so much propaganda, so much misinformation. I think Lieutenant Colonel Teagues just made it very, very clear that not only do we need to stand with the Ukrainian people, which I think is a, is a given, regardless of what Joe Biden or anybody else says, we need to stand with the Ukrainian people and we need to support them. And Zelensky, he's leading by example. He's saying, don't send me your troops, which I'm not for sending U.S. troops into Ukraine. He's saying, send us guns. Send us weapons. Send us the ability to, to, to defend ourselves and to de- defend our homeland. So that's what we need to be praying for, believing, and hoping that our current administration does. Uh, so send this out. And then don't forget, get over to MyPillow.com or MyStore.com. Find yourself something nice and use that code HONK when you do. God bless you. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. My name is David J. Harris, Jr., Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris Jr. Show.